It's time. Living Paranormal. Real stories. Real investigators. No scripts. From legends to hauntings. Good evening, everybody. My name is Rob. And I'm Jason. And welcome to Living Paranormal, guys. Good to be back for yet another week of paranormal talk, paranormal chit-chat, and all other things outside the realm of normality. Jason, my friend, how was your week? Man, it was outstanding, but it's funny because I keep trying to bust in here with all this enthusiasm and fun, and then I'm sick, so I'm like, hey, here's Jason. Like, I'm just, I sound <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was about to ask you if you were going through puberty again or something, so I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah, no. Or uh, maybe the first time. I mean, I'm, I've never met you in person. You could just be a significantly late bloomer, that type of thing. That's what it is. That's what it is. I'm a late bloomer. <laughs> no, I, uh, dude, I, I got sick and just my voice is like butter, not in the sense that it sounds nice, but like just a little bit of pressure and it's all ruined. So like, it's yeah. terrible that I do things with my voice because, you know, I, I it's, yeah, it's, it's not reliable at all, unfortunately, but I want to push through it. Rob, how was your week, man? Uh, you know, man, another another week down, another week older. That's just kind of how life goes sometimes. But, yeah, not a bad week at all. Got some good uh, family time over the weekend, relaxation a little bit yesterday. So life is uh, definitely interesting. What can I say? We'll leave it at yeah. that one for right now anyway. Yeah, no kidding. So. I do want to take a preemptive moment, though, and tell you kind of uh, six days early because uh, we're not going to be broadcasting uh, when this day comes around. But happy Early birthday, Rob. You're going to no, be, thanks, what, man. what, 45, 46? Uh, I, I'm going to be uh, 30 years old with 16 years of experience, sir. Sixth, okay, yeah, okay. 30 yeah. years old with 16 remaining. Okay, no problem. Uh, yeah, with a remainder of 16. You yeah. got to get yeah, through this. But, yeah, thank you very much, man. Yeah, we, I do have the old uh, happy hatch day coming up on uh, Saturday, so I'm looking forward to a nice relaxing weekend at that point, hopefully. It would be kind of nice. But, you know, after another birthday or two, man, they just get to the point where they're going to start carbon dating me or try to cut me in half and count the rings. I'm not sure how they do it. I'm going to start losing counts, man. I figure by the time I hit 50, I'm probably going to need the fire marshal in here when they bring out the cake. (laughs) (laughs) But I do appreciate it. But, Jason, we do have yet another very interesting show for you, everybody, tonight. Um, Why don't you do the honors, sir, as you do? Of course, I had to introduce last week. So, yeah, go for it. No problem. You know, it's even better and easier when you take yourself off of mute <laughs> to actually do the introduction. So, you know, not wanting to let our guests tonight be left out of all of the technical issues that I cause myself. But I, I do want to actually wow. take a moment to welcome, uh, as Rob and I were, were speaking with our guests before the show started, we mentioned that we, we do enjoy... All of our guests, we've had a, hun- a whole bunch of, of, of remarkable guests. I was about to say 100, and that's actually true, over 100 remarkable guests. But um, we love it when we get another person out in the field that's actually been in the thick of things and is out on the front lines, as Rob likes to say, of the paranormal. And so today we welcome a seasoned professional investigator here, the founder of Fear Paranormal, Miss Selena Roan. Welcome to Living Paranormal, Selena. Thank you so much for coming on today, ma'am. Hey, how are y'all? 
I'm doing fantastic. I'm just, Actually, I tell you what I tell most people, better than I should be. You yeah, know? I'm just living the dream. That's all I'm doing, just living the dream every day. You know what? That's any, what you got to do. Yeah, any day above ground is just a good day, so I'm going to roll with that. I'm just going to look at it that way and move along. There you go. And if not, I'm sure my friends will come looking for me. So That's it's true. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. If you have a lot of friends that would come looking for you exactly. if you did cross over. <laughs> exactly. That's the thing is that if people ask me, if you ever died or disappeared or like if you were missing, would your friends come for you? I'm like, they would come in two waves. One to try to save me and two to try to communicate me after I'm dead. So Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how we kind of collect. I'm sure you have a ton of friends that are like that too, Selena. It's funny how we get that kind of group of people around us. Oh, definitely. They're like, well, you know, if you died, you know, come back and talk to me because that's exactly what I said to my best friend when he was, you know, whatever he I had to watch him kind of die or whatever. And I was like, dude, you know that if you want to come back after, you know, you cross, then you can always come talk to me. And, yeah, you know, they, he's done it. So, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, they take you up. Yeah. People will take you up on the invitation. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He did. So, absolutely. It was cool. Right. All right, good deal. Well, I guess a good starting point, uh, Selena, and this is where we normally like to start out with our guests when they come on. What actually first whets your taste for the paranormal, as it were? What brought you into this wonderful field? Well, I mean, I've had experiences like all my life, um, starting out with deja vu when I was a little, pretty much a little kid. And uh, I just kind of blew them off. I didn't really understand what, what that was all about. And um, and then I started having these weird, weird dreams that would would come to pass and it would cause people to actually lose their lives at some point, you know, and it started making me have issues with thinking that my dreams were causing these accidents, were causing these things to happen. And uh, I kind of shut down for a long time. Well, then uh, skip to 2004 and I lost my mom and that like totally devastated me, but I wanted to learn how to actually communicate with her on the other side. And so I pretty much stayed home and watched ghost shows, every single one, anything that had paranormal in the uh, description, it was on. And I wanted to learn everything I could so that I could contact my mom. And uh, I started doing like investigations with the Kling brothers here in Texas. Uh, Yeah. And so I would go to their events like at the Lexington or the, you know, old Yoakum hospital or, you know, wherever they had one, I would go. And uh, I guess my impression of Brad impressed him so much (laughs) that he asked me to do a project with them. And um, I got asked to do, uh, uh, it was Shadows on 66. It was a documentary with them and Chip Coffee. And, um, you know, in the midst of this, I lost my best friend. And that's, I had my real first um, in the flesh, I guess you could say, uh, paranormal experience, uh, taking care of him. And that just catapulted me even further into the passion that I have for the paranormal and the questions that I have, you know, still some of those have been answered and some of them I'm still seeking. So, (laughs) well, yeah, and always when you find an answer, it seems like it leads to more questions in this, this field as well. So it's not something even there's, I don't really think there is a definite answer, because there are always the ultimate variables that follow that around it. You know, that's something almost every investigator says that, that they've found to be true. Well, that's right. The, that's the question, though, isn't it? It's like, is this is this a, a empirical answer we're looking for or is this a philosophical one that we're trying to tackle for ourselves? You know, is that 
Is that really what, what what we're looking at? What do you think? What is that? Is it philosophical for you, Selena? Or are you really looking for the piece of evidence that you're that you're really? I'm I'm actually it's kind of both with me. Um, you know, I kind of want to know. I'm more curious. Okay, about what it's all like where they're at. How was the journey? You know, I want to know, does it hurt? You know, I want to know things like, do they really see our loved ones on the other side? I'm really into that portion of it. I'm not afraid to die. Um, actually, I'm, I'm not looking forward to it, I couldn't say. Because, <laughs> right. Because I'm not like counting yeah. the piece, but, you know, I'm not afraid to die. Um, and it's because of everything that I've been um, researched and heard and had people relay to me about how beautiful and peaceful and loving and and all that that the other side can be, you know, if you're kind of a good person, I suppose. I don't know what beliefs are, but right. Understood. I don't know. I think everyone's pretty much forgiven, but it's just that when you get to the other side, um, I'm not afraid of that. And it's kind of philosophical, uh, but I also have questions, you know, like, you know, when they get there, what happens? What do we do? Do we do we have this recording that we have to, you know, review? I, I mean, I'm really like into the all the parameters of, you know, crossing over. Um, I just had the I just had the funniest thought, and I'm so sorry to interrupt. Oh, not a problem. But, but when you say like watching a film after one of those stupid orientation films you get for work, <laughs> telling you how to haunt a house and how to you know, don't do this, don't be right. Casper Boo Boo, you know, you know the right. type of stuff that just they put on there. Just remember, Rob, don't so. ever leave your book out for the humans to get it. Otherwise, you're going to be summoned. It's going to be a weird table, lots of cheap sculptures around from the '90s. <laughs> <laughs> but if they say my name three times, I will show back up and then do a sequel 30 years later. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would go. say your name three times, at least my name for you, but then I have to beep it out three times. So that really wouldn't work on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not do that. Let's not do that uh, right yeah. now. No, yeah. you know, well, we'll talk, we're going to talk after this about your severance package. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Edited <laughs> out of the show. But anyway, <laughs> Rob's going to come up to me. I'm going to have to ask, uh, ask you to take yourself out of every episode that we've ever had, please. Just post, just edit yourself out it's fine then he's gonna be crazy talking to himself the entire time i should do that just edit everyone out, out and leave rob talking to himself and just release that That's especially awesome. when you get the little things in there like mm -hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. you know you'll be in a padded room in no time <laughs> no kidding well you know <laughs> sometimes i think that would probably be the safest place to keep people like me but yeah, we'll rob just move will, on from yeah, that rob one we'll be back into his padded room you mean no, uh, but yeah, well, what I was wondering, you chew through the straps once or twice, man, you're branded with it for life. It's terrible. <laughs> well, Selena, you, you mentioned that you were trying to get in touch with your mother and, and really that was the, the impetus for getting into the paranormal. What was, what, what, what was your true first paranormal experience? Can you describe the, your initial paranormal experience to us? Like describe what you experienced and what you felt. Oh, uh, well, uh, let me just say that the dreams that I had, I didn't really know that they were even paranormal, because I really don't think they are. I just think it's an ability that I somehow <laughs> have inherited from my, my uh, gene pool. Um, but the thing is, with the experience that I had when I was taking care of my best friend Kenny in Seattle, um, he was uh, dying of stage four lung cancer. And um, I went up there for a month to take care of him because he trusted me, I guess, literally with his life. And so I was up there taking care of him. I gave him his morphine and his stuff that he needed for pain. And he would, he stayed upstairs from me and I was downstairs and, um, it was the same apartment. So if he needed me, he'd just knock on the, on the floor and I would come running up there. Well, I was on the phone downstairs, thought he was asleep or 
trying to be and the door opens and I swear to you as I'm sitting here that he's in my doorway and I'm like wow. what the hell well you know and I'm like dang well he must have really got messed up on that morphine and wandered down here and I'm like are you okay and he didn't say anything and I was like dude are you okay and it just the figure just turned and walked away methodically off the door frame. And I was like, oh, crap. So I jumped up and I ran after what I thought was Kenny, and there was nothing there. And I was like, uh, she, uh, okay, there's no possible physical way for this man with an eighth of a lung to go from point A to point B in less than 1.2 seconds for me jumping up off that bed. Right. And I was just plain and simple. It scared the crap out of me. I was shaking. Uh, I was almost hyperventilating because it scared me so bad because I had just got into the paranormal. Like I just formed my team in 2011 and this was at the end of 2011 or, you know, the beginning of, excuse me, of 2012. So I haven't had my team that long and I, I haven't, really gotten into a whole lot of the, you know, different things. I'd known there's full body apparitions and this, that, and the other, but I had just uh, watched an episode and I'm not going to say the name of the show, but they had something about doppelgangers on there. And I'm like, Oh my God. The first thought I had was Holy crap. If Kenny saw this thing, he's going to freaking die on me tonight. And I'm by myself. Right from the stress. And I was, yeah. Oh my God. I was so petrified. And I went upstairs and looked and he's up there in a, um, then the position that he slept was like this, you know, like, in like a V shape, he couldn't lay down because of his lungs and he had no shirt on. He just had his sweatpants on, but this, this thing that was in my door had his sweatshirt on, his sweatpants on. It was his hair. I mean, it was him. I, and I, I completely freaked out. So I thought all night long, I was like up looking at the door when I went back downstairs thinking if it comes back again, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. I swore I thought I was going to have a heart attack because I was so scared he was yeah. going to die on me then. Wow. And, you know, not not being real seasoned at that point, I was like, oh, my God. You know, I was so panicked. I called, like, three of our friends, and they thought I was nuts. They're like, man, you know what? <laughs> Are you taking <laughs> Kenny's medication? And I'm like, no, I swear <laughs> to God. That, okay, now, first of all, that's a good friend for you right there when they automatically <laughs> skip from the paranormal to drug abuse. Yeah. You know you've got a keeper of a friend at that point. I know, right? I go, no, dude, I haven't taken his medicine, man. I get That would be kidding me. And so for so long, I thought it was a doppelganger. And when I went up there and was like panicked, he, he had known me since I was 18 years old. We'd been best friends. And I was like, you know, I was white as a sheet. And he goes, girl, what in the hell is wrong with you? And I told him, and he goes, what the hell does that mean? And I'm like, well, it's not a good thing. You know, if, if you saw it, it's not a good thing from what I'm told. And he's like, oh, shit, you know? So, um, you know, he told me to calm down and I finally went to sleep and just, it just wore on me so much. I had to know what that was. Right. So I called like a lot of my friends and I was like, okay, I know I'm not crazy. I swear to you, I know what I saw in my door. And I'm telling you, it was Kenny. And how the hell, because it wasn't Kenny, so what was it? And they said, well, a few people told me it was astral projection. And I went, wait, what? What the hell is that? And they were like, oh, yeah, you know, he's in that zone, you know, that medicated zone where he can, like, detach his 
his, you know, astral body and he was in your door because he was coming to check on you. And I'm like, huh? (laughs) So I'm like, okay. This this crap just gets crazier and crazier. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, next thing you know, you're gonna tell me alien came and just took his soul out and put it in front of me. Like, what am I? What What are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. I mean, seriously, I really thought, okay, this field is like Lulu because, right, right. You know, if that if I could have been doing that crap, you know, why would people be doing acid if they can, you know, astrally project by just chilling out and popping their self away from their other self and floating wherever they want to float, man. I'd be in Seattle and Portland all the time. You know, you know what I'm- I've actually <laughs> thought that too, where I'm like, man, why am I here? If I mean, if can, am I just really bad at astral projection? Is that what it is? <laughs> am I just well, not- you sucks. Yeah. In, in all honesty, though, Jason, you probably learned the astral projection at the same time you figured out how to run a station to do this type of work. Because if you make the same number of mistakes there you do here, man, <laughs> no, you, you'll, you'll end up in downtown. <laughs> you'll end up in downtown Baghdad if you try it. So be I careful, mean, okay? It's sad when you're too fat to astral project. You know you got <laughs> when you're like when you're like about to astral project and your body's like whoa, 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 whoa. just going back down to the chair. <laughs> I can't pop. I can't yeah. pop. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Damn it. Come yeah, on. Right. It's like, Rob, come give me the stuff that we're supposed to be saving for a special occasion. Please. I need something to help me out. <laughs> like, Golly, this is, oh, I'm just wow. kidding. Living paranormal. We, wow. we endorse drug use. But did anyway. we ever, even though <laughs> yeah. we've mentioned it twice already. So yeah. Not illegal <laughs> substances. By all means, use all the legal things you want. But anyway. <laughs> as You're yeah, right. Going forward. No, but that's actually a very powerful moment to have. You're talking about taking care of somebody. You're 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 looking after them in a life or death situation, literally. And then to yeah. have that foundationally shaking experience. That's yeah. Yeah. Welcome. To say the least, you know, and yeah. and then, you know, to know that he's been with me a couple of times and I've even got his voice on on audio. And it was so crazy because I had just gotten uh, my portal and my SCD one. And I was just trying it out, just kind of messing around. And I was like, I need my spirit guides. I need, you know, everybody to help me find Kenny Mosslander. And I said, I please, I just want to make sure he's okay. And then you hear this guy go, absolutely. And this lady go done. And then you hear some other guy say something. I couldn't make it out. And then I go, Kenny, like I'm calling to him. And then you hear a car horn and his voice go, Kenny, what? And I was like, uh Oh, So I sent it to his like brother because, you know, sometimes you want it to be that person so badly. Right. Yeah. Confirmation. That your mind screws with you and you think, oh, yeah, that's them. That's them. But I sent it to like three people and said, I didn't tell them anything. I said, tell me what you hear. And his sister-in-law calls me and she's like, I don't know how you did that. But that's his voice. And she was in tears. And wow. You know, it, it it completely, I was like, that is awesome. I told him to come and talk to me. I told him and he did it. So, I mean, that was, that was life-changing. So, you know, there's two reasons why um, I'm actually so passionate. It's my mom and, and she kind of drives me uh, every day to be better and do cool things and, and try different stuff. And then Kenny, um, that just pretty much told me that, <laughs> You know, it can it can be possible for your loved ones to actually communicate with you when you yeah. when they go to the other side. So that was just that was so cool to have that validation. 
I can't, think you know, of, I can't think of any two other better reasons to do it. Love and friendship. Those are excellent reasons to do us and Absolutely. to do anything. So that's a fantastic right. answer. You know, if I can ask you a question, Selena, you, you've, you've brought up that you're, you know, your mother and Kenny, but, and you mentioned earlier that your personal beliefs, if you correct me if I'm wrong, are that if you're a good person, you go to a better place. Is, is that right? Okay. I think it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, pretty much. I mean, not, not so cut and dry, you know, not so oh, black yeah, and white. Right. Not so simplistic, but to simplify it down to the best base yeah. possible. No. Being insulted. Um, what I was wondering is, and I've had somebody ask me this, so I want to know how you were, he would respond to it. And forgive me because it is a difficult question to answer by its okay. nature. If someone that you love has passed on and you want them to pass on and move into a better place and go to a better place, how do you feel about them in some form being here? in the earthly plane or area, do you feel that they're missing out on heaven or do you think they're in two locations? How do you reconcile that personally? Well, um, you know, I have a really good friend that kind of knows what it's like uh, to talk with the dead. And he always tells me because I was so concerned about why it took so long for my mother to even come to anyone with a message for me. And I was like, you know, why is it taking her nine years and nothing, you know, we were so close and what did I do wrong and all this stuff. And he's, he, what his answer was, and you know, this is just verbatim. They got shit to do (laughs) and they, and they have no time. Uh, they know no time there. So your nine years could be nine minutes to their, you know, world. They don't have time and they have things to review. They have things to do. And, you know, like <clears throat> there's this thing about people contacting the dead too soon or trying to make communication with them too soon. I get that. Um, I totally understand the issues with that um, because you're interrupting their crossing. You're interrupting their journey. Um, and they need to they need to have that journey. And when they come here to visit, um, he told me that they can come to visit and check and then go back and we're not we're not like pulling them out of their their realm you know what i mean we're not we're not taking away from their experience right um because they don't stay long anyway it's you know um when my mom first did come and say anything it was a drive by say hi is what he called it um and she just said hi tell my baby i love her and then boom she was gone um so it's not like that I don't feel like I'm pulling them out of their element um, or their realm that they're in. I think that, I mean, if I don't call on them all the time, I don't call on them anytime, actually. I don't do, the only time that I did was just to see if I could, you know, with the SCD-1, if it, I was just testing to see if I could get anything. Mm-hmm. And that was just a once in a thing. I don't go to every investigation and go, Kenny, are you here? Mom, are you here? You know, I don't. I don't try to do that because they have things to do. So I just needed to know that they were okay. And once I know that they're okay, then they need to go about and do their thing, you know, and I'll see them when I get there. (laughs) Now, I wanted to kind of ask you something, and this this is going to take a little bit of theorizing. So we're going to be kind of looking at a theoretical situation. But you had mentioned you believe that these entities are just able to come back and pay visits from time to time. In your opinion, where does that rank with long-term hauntings? Are they going to be a more residual type haunting? Or is, and I mean, when I say residual, I mean only residual, no ever any type of intelligence. Or do you believe there are people that just don't want to let go of this realm? 
Some people I don't think want to let go of this realm. Um, Kenny was not wanting to let go of this realm. I knew that when he was on his deathbed. He fought tooth and nail not to go. Um, and, you know, he told me several times, I will be back to visit. You know, I'm not done. Um, but my mom, on the other hand, <clears throat> my mom, I told her, you know, you fought so long and hard, you know what I mean? You just need to go and be at peace and you've, you deserve that, you know? And so I don't think that, <clears throat> and when my mom did come back to visit, her words were because she suffered with lupus, um, most of my life. I think she was diagnosed when I was five. Wow. And oh, wow. yeah, she had all kinds of, of stuff. I mean, she was the tough, toughest woman I've ever met and known in my life. She's totally my hero. I mean, she's better than Wonder Woman or Superman or any of them. And, you know, she just, she, when she came back to this play, she apologized for it being so long, but she also said, Every time I come back to this realm, it reminds me of the painful cage my body once was to me. And that totally made sense as to why she wouldn't be so in a hurry to come back and visit. You know what I mean? Because she's not in pain and she was in pain most of her life. She had lupus when she was 13, but back in the, you know, early, you know, late 50s and early 60s, they didn't know what the hell lupus was. Yeah, no you know, so when she got diagnosed at 21, I mean, she was told then that she wouldn't make it past 26. And she kicked so much butt that she was 52 when she passed away. Wow. So she showed their butt, you know, it's <laughs> just tough. years old. Yeah, that's a strong yeah. woman, strong person yeah. right there. That's amazing. Yes. She's a strong spirit from what I hear. But yeah, I don't, I don't want her to, you know, that's when I told her before she passed, we had that talk. Thank God that I had that talk. Because I would, I didn't have any regrets. I got everything I wanted to say out. And, you know, I told her, you deserve peace. You deserve not to hurt anymore. So as painful as it's going to be for me, it's okay for you to go. I want you to rest. You look so tired. You know what I mean? She was just beat from everything that she had been through. I know you're... so I don't want her to come back and remind, remember that. Yeah, and, and, you know, that's a great expression of love on your part that you're willing, you know, and looking at the person saying, I understand. And although I know I'm going to miss you, please, you know, move away from the pain, move on to what's waiting for you. That's, yeah. that's a great, great statement of love. That's, that's a very non-selfish look. So, yeah. And it actually, yeah, I just lost my father back in, uh, I just lost my father back in September. So I know how you, how you oh, feel about that. So yeah. yeah, it's, it's tough. It really is. It's a rough one. It really is. It's the toughest thing that I've ever had to deal with. And it almost made me to a point. It hurts so damn bad that I almost was numb to anything else. Like it didn't touch it, you know, like I'm like, yeah, it's sad, but it's not my mom. And, you know, Kenny passing away and me watching you know, my best friend that was, you know, energetic and always working and always moving and always having fun and being the life of everything um, to being an old man. I mean, old 90 year old man and frail and just it it killed me, you know. And so the numbness wasn't I wasn't numb to that because definitely, you know, that was a life changer. But, you know. I had to do what I had to do to, to help him as well. Because like I said, the man and I had been best friends since I was 18 and we'd been travel buddies and all kinds of stuff together. So, 
Well, that, you know, you do things like that out of love and, and friendships. Yeah. That's just how my mom raised me. So, no, that's very, very true. And it actually ties in excellently to one of the questions that was asked in the chat room. Uh, the question was asked by Kim, who said, Do you think they might need your help to cross over? Do you think they need your help to cross over? Do you think you were just trying to give another little gentle push or say your goodbyes? Yeah, I was just saying my goodbyes. Um, I, you know, I would like to think that I'm powerful enough to help people cross over. I can, I can, you know, try to guide them to the light, but I can't make anyone cross over. I would like to think that they would do that, but, but sometimes they may not be done here. Um, and I'm not, I don't know when that is, you know, that's for each of the spirits themselves to figure out when they're done right. here and want to cross. But no, I don't. I don't think that I um, helped my mom cross or anything like that because I just wanted to let her know that because she had fought so long to stay alive for me. And I actually had my son a couple of years before I planned to because I could see that my mom was deteriorating and I wanted her to be a grandma right. and experience that. So I kind of bumped up the, <laughs> the uh, deal with my son a couple of years so that I could um, give her that. But I just wanted her to know that she had fought long and hard and, and it was okay to go if she wanted, you know, to go that she didn't have to stay here and, and I wasn't going to be selfish and go, I don't care what you're going through. You can't oh, because she had suffered long enough. I mean, I'd watched her my whole life and, and it was just, she was just broken and tired and I could see it in her eyes and there, it wasn't fair to say, you know, just please don't leave, you know, was right. just not fair. So I just had to give her that. And I wanted to take care of Kenny to make his last days as comfortable as they could be. No, that's so, understandable. That's, that's, that's yeah. caring and loving. It's the whole reason you got into this and it's, it definitely yep. shows, definitely shows, you know, when you started getting into this thing, cause we were talking about a few moments, uh, we, we were talking about the, uh, you first getting into it, and you mentioned that the experience you had with Kenny, with your friend, happened shortly after founding your team. So at the beginning of founding your team, what was your reaction that you got from your family when, when you told them that you were going to be doing this, when you initially wanted to get into the paranormal? Well, all of my cousins and aunts and stuff were like, wow, that's really cool. My cousins were like, I want to go with you, man, that's so cool, and all this <laughs> other stuff. And then my dad's like... <clears throat> you have lost your damn mind. You know, <laughs> my dad doesn't believe in it. And I'm like, dude, I swear to God, he's like, my dad and mom were 16 and 17 when I was born. So he's, he's a, you know, I can say my dad and I are friends. Um, and, and that's pretty cool. We tell each other jokes and, and mess with each other, but I'm like, dude, I so I'm going to come and slap you so upside your head. If I go before you and make, you know, that it's for real. I'm not just crazy, but he thinks I am nuts. I mean, <laughs> he does. He thinks, I mean, he does. My, my other family members, it's great. My son thinks it's cool. He's actually a junior investigator on our team. And of course he doesn't go anywhere if, if it's not just like really like low key. Yeah. Um, and, and my, and my wife, she like supports me fully. The only one that really trips out is my dad. And then my other cousins are like, oh, hell no, I wouldn't go in no scary house. You're crazy like that. But they're just, they think I'm, it's cool, but they think I'm kind of crazy too. But I, I guess I am. 
You have to be. I think there has to be. A, I think there has to be a touch of insanity before you knowingly put yourself in these situations. Yeah. Because you know we and we've warned people over the years that we've been. Wow, I can't believe we're saying years that we've been doing this show, Jason. But over the yes. years that we've been doing this show, um, we've warned people about the dangers because this is not what you see on TV. That you know when you get into that situation, it's fun to watch from the outside. But when you're the one sitting there and seeing things move and you hear your voice on a recorder, that's a whole different ball ball game at that point. I mean, it real level, you know, it's so totally different than what you expect it to be. I don't think anybody really is prepared for it. No. And, you know, it's so funny because you watch these people, you know, when I go and speak around, you know, the country or whatever, and I'm and I'm doing investigations with the public. It's so funny that most of them think that it's going to be like, Oh, dude, did you see that? And it's going to be that all the time. And no, it's not. It's a lot of snoozing um, or trying not to snooze in a dark room. And, I mean, I've had people at at the Hill House Manor in the murder room, and we're doing an EVP session, and I hear snoring. And I'm like, are you freaking (laughs) kidding me, dude? We're in the murder room at a haunted house, and you're snoring. Well, man, I've like been up since five. I'm bored. I'm like, oh my god. Well, people don't understand that it is a lot of that, you know. Yeah, there's so much boredom involved. People don't realize it because the shows make it look like it's nonstop activity. You know, yeah. You walk in there and the ghosts come out to play. It's not like that in the real world. You know. No, they have three days to film yeah. those things, totally. and they and they compile. You know that, but you see a lot of repeating stuff too. Like they go away for a commercial and they come back and they do the same footage again. And then they go, you know, so it's kind of repeating the little footage that they do get if they get footage. But, you know, um, that's how it is. And I mean, you know, I understand it's for TV. Um, Just like there's that show that they suck spirits up in a vacuum cleaner. I'm like, what? Um, oh, yeah, I've seen how, that. How does I, that work? And then they you, take it out like Duck Dynasty and blow it up in a box. And I'm like, that could be your hold, grandma. Hold what on. What the hell are you doing? Time out. Time out. What? What's that? I, I've seen show this show. TV I don't know about. <laughs> yeah, it must world? be. I've seen it. They're, they're all, okay. I, I'm, I, I can't remember the name of the show off the top of my head, but oh, it's I kind of. Uh, go, go ahead, because we're not really saying anything terrible about them. But it's kind go of like. Yeah, Ghost Time. You take. Kind of like the theory that Mountain Monsters has with trying to trap Bigfoot. They're just doing it with ghosts. And they mm-hmm. tried – and a few of their experiments actually have been pretty cool. I got to give them credit. A few of them were really, really cool. They do have some good ideas at times. Mm-hmm. But blowing up a box that supposedly has a ghost in it is not going to get rid of a ghost for starters. It's just going to – first of all, pardon my language, probably piss it off if it yeah. is a spirit. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it. but to me, it's there's so much showmanship to that. But at, at the same time, it's still kind of fun to watch them set these things up, Jason. you got to watch the show a couple of times because they were an old – they were actually an old South Pittsburgh hospital here recently, a place I'm very familiar with. I've been about three or four times. And they tried to catch a uh, one of the spirits there using fire. Draw the, I mean, and they did this whole elaborate setup. I mean, it's one of those things. You, it's like watching the A team when they start putting crap together, you know, <laughs> get ready to build the bulldozer <laughs> into a tank. That's kind of what watching these guys. It, it's it's something to see, man. It really is hilarious. Wow, I yeah, gotta, I got to check that out. That's funny. I'm just <clears throat> I, I, hey, they they at least use a Dyson when they did the you know sucking up the spirit. They at least use top of the line equipment. I mean, well, I, yeah, you can't yeah. you can't go cheap when you're catching demons. I mean, yeah. you know, God, you got to make sure you really suck them up in there. You know, yeah. like, you need that patented cyclone action to keep the demons from getting caught in your jets. 
It's so and important. Confusion helps you know, when you're spinning around in there. It confuses yeah, them as well. So. Nothing ruins your suction more than a demon caught in the filter. I will tell you. <laughs> Every time I try to vacuum, I'm like, son of a, is there a demon in the damn filter again? Hold on. Could you just see so, hold on, could you just see somebody cleaning that out? Okay, fuzzball. Rubber band, Beelzebub. What? <laughs> that's awesome. That is that's awesome. great. That's, yeah, so that that, that kind of happens, but that's that's kind of why I kind of started wanting to do my own thing. I have my own plan, my own idea. Um, and people are like, well, is it anything different? Yeah, it is. Um, you know, Spirit Quest, the show that I created that we're waiting to start filming, I'm like, like on pins and needles going, can we get started, please? I've got so many cool experiments to do and, right. you know, and we want to do them and show people, you know, we're going to try the old and the new and we're going to combine them and, and, you know, see if the old stuff gets better than the new stuff. And we're going to have regular people and we're going to have, you know, every, every once in a while we're going to have a paracelib and we're going to do this and that. And it's going to be really fun. Um, and it's going to show people right then and there, if we get something, we get something. If we don't, we don't. That's how it really is. Um, yeah, that's very true. And that's what I want to see. I'm tired of seeing all this craziness. Yeah. And yeah. people are like, oh, you're you're one of them dudes that, uh, you know, catches spirits and then blows them up. Nope. I'm not one of those people. Nope. Um, yeah. Do my thing a little <laughs> different than that, but... You know what this kind of reminds me of, and, I, and I'm kind of bringing up a past memory here of a commercial. Back when uh, sci-fi, when Ghost Hunters was at its its peak, they did a, a, a cross-promotion with Ghost Hunters and Hellboy when Hellboy was coming out. And I remember the commercial where they had Hellboy sitting there, and he's like, so you guys catch Ghost and beat him up? And he goes, no, we pretty much take their picture. And Hellboy goes, oh. <laughs> you know, so I mean, it's kind of like, you know, I thought that was clever. You know, he said, well, we yeah, record him and take their picture. And Hell Hellboy was like, oh, <laughs> you know, kind of oh, like so disappointed. It? Yeah. Right. That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, that's true, though. But how do you know that the spirit's in the box? Like, what are you doing? Like, what? Well, they they, te they test it for certain uh, traces of increased energy. They they create things in these things that are like large capacitors. It, I mean, it's really it's okay. it's interesting to watch because there is a scientific base behind what they do. Whether you believe in its validity or not, it is loosely at least based on scientific premise. So they're creating these different types of capacitors and containment fields to try to do it. And they measure the differences in the readings before and after. So, yeah, that's okay. – I mean, you've really got to see the show. You've, you, you, <laughs> yeah. you've got to watch it. I'm going to have to take a gander at that one because I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting. So we – Just give me a Positron Collider, baby. I'm in business, <laughs> you know. <laughs> they're just a proton pack away from the Ghostbusters at that there point. There you go. I mean, there you the go. Buck. If they had a foot pedal, they got the they got the little slide out thing. What's that called? Does anyone remember what that thing? Uh, is called? It, yeah, it's a, it's called a trap. It's just a literally. Just that's what it's called. Okay, it's called a trap. Yeah, that's I wasn't it. Sure. How in the world did we start talking about Ghostbusters? That has never happened. <laughs> So we actually started talking about actual Ghostbusters. Cause I, I, I blame I blame you, Jason. Yeah, I'll take the blame. It's all right. But what's funny is, Selena, have you had people come up to you like that? They ask you, so you're like, what, a Ghostbuster? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They Actually, when we were periscoping last night from uh, the location we were at, people were like, are y'all real Ghostbusters? I'm like, seriously? Yeah, I guess you could say that. We're not really trying to bust ghosts. But, uh, yeah, we're... we're we deal with ghosts, yeah. We'll say yeah. that much, but yeah, they say that all the time. I'm like, 
Yeah, no. Um, I guess funny. I don't know what to. What do you even say to that? You know, because they have this this vision of you with a, you know, like you said, a proton pack and all this other crap going on, and yep. and you're gonna walk around in like a, a jumpsuit. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, not I guess that that's cool. not kind of. No, yeah. I'm not that cool. No, <laughs> I don't have an ecto ecto. We're gonna we're gonna rock that. We're gonna rock that jumpsuit while running around at 120 degree. You know. 80 year old abandoned asylum yeah that's 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 a comfortable fit right there but if i'm wearing a jumpsuit in a place like that it would actually be a little appropriate because of all the dust but i i'm going commando i mean i'm sorry it's way too (laughs) jason i just i just honestly have this feeling if you're ever wearing a jumpsuit like that it's going to be orange you know oh (laughs) oh you know rob what i was wanting to know what what disturbed me for a moment was that i talked about going commando and you talked about getting a feeling so let's just (laughs) don't worry it's no big deal anyway (laughs) that's what i've heard so the last ghostbuster thing i'm gonna bring up by the way selena let's get your official take on it what do you think of the ghostbuster preview i know this is totally not Wow, not, you not you really but I really want to know have, what you think about the the trailer. For have you heard the term jumping the shark, Jason? No, dude, I got to know. At this <laughs> moment, I think our show just jumped the shark. You you were Fonzie and you jumped the sharks on water skis. Way to go, man. It's all right. What do you think, Selena? Well, I mean, you know, I have a really good friend that she's really into the movie and she's really pissed about it, um, to be blunt. She doesn't like that it's remade and it's really, they. she said it's horrible. She, she was very mad. She won't even go watch it. I think it looks pretty cute, but I'm not, I mean, I'm not like a diehard, oh my God, no one else can do the Ghostbusters. I'm not like that, but... I don't know. I love uh, some of the girls in there. I think they're hilarious. Um, Melissa McCarthy is so funny. But I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen it. I've seen the trailer, and I think it's okay, but people are really up in arms about it. They're, like, really kind of butthurt over it, and I'm like... Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I I guess if it were Urban Cowboy and they tried to remake it, I would be pissed, too, because I've heard they're going to try to do that, and I'm like, no, dude. John Travolta's the only bud... And Deborah Winger is the only sissy, or it don't work. Yeah, That's it. I, I think and John ain't gonna look that good now because his hair is really <laughs> tripped out. Right well, the only thing is, the other thing about that is that these movies aren't just capturing the movie, the script, and the actors. You're capturing a place and time. The time itself is also a character in these things. You know what I mean? You're right. capturing Urban Cowboy at that time in in, in history. You, right. If you try to recreate that, it's gonna come off either cheesy or way too serious. You can't remake that. But yeah, I totally agree. Well, well just like Grease, you know, Grease the musical. It's like, come on, really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't do Grease. You can't. You can't. So yeah. All right. I'm That's sorry, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> back, back, back on topic. Totally back on topic. topic. Uh, I apologize. We need to, but we need to start a movie review show that we do about once a month. I know, right? We should. Kind of fun. We, totally we could do should. that. Scary movie reviews and invite paranormal investigators to come, and we all talk about the scary movie review. That actually. <laughs> Either... And what we would do in that situation? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Either way, Selena, I was going to ask you now. Fear Paranormal is that the paranormal group that you had founded right before you had your experience with your friend Kenny? Yep, we just celebrated our five-year uh, anniversary in March. Uh, March 2011 is when I started Fear, and people are like, "Why would you name it Fear?" Well, it, it, when we thought about it, we were like, "Fear is so cool because it just sounds cool." But the the acronyms is what we like the most, and it's for everything a reason. Um, nice. whether it be 
Yeah, whether it be paranormal or, you know, not paranormal, that's what we're there to find out. And so for everything, there is a reason. Um, you can't always explain that reason, but, uh, you know, it that's what it's for. And, and we have joked and said that uh, it could mean F everything and run, too. But... Um, <laughs> That's just a funny because we don't run from, we run to. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I like right. that now, let me ask you this. And, you know, for everything, a reason is kind of an all encompassing type message. So, do you guys get requests for help with things outside of the paranormal field, like cryptozoological or maybe UFO based? You know, not really. Um, never really. And I'm, I'm not really big into the Bigfoot thing yet. Um, the UFO thing has always been an interest of mine because of, you know, Kenny and I used to sit and watch X-Files and the UFO shows and anything alien when he was alive. We, I mean, he would <laughs> freaking, this is, this will age us, but he video VHS taped every freaking alien show. And I would go over and we would sit and watch those in South Park, you know, mix it up a little bit. So, <laughs> got to have South Park in there. Yeah, yeah got to have Cartman and all them uh, in the midst of my alien shows. But no, we really don't. However, the first case that we did with our uh, brand new DVR system, we were so excited to have. Um, we caught an anomaly that we weren't sure what the hell it was. And when we showed people, they said it was a flying fish or spiral orb. And when we looked it up, it was more extraterrestrial than paranormal in nature. And I'm like, whoa. So we were like, we were looking for ghosts, not a uh, ET or any of that. So it was kind of weird, but we really don't get a whole lot of requests for that. Have you ever been on a location though, where you've run into something besides the spiral? And I mean, you've actually had a physical interaction that you felt could have been something based off of a cryptid? Um, no, not really. Um, so I don't, do, I don't I do camping, so <laughs> I can't, uh, I don't really like to camp. Uh, we, <laughs> so I don't get out in the woods much to even get near Bigfoot or even, you know, see any UFOs or anything like that. So I've never really had anything like that like that. Well, the reason I ask, we were um, helping out with a conference in Prestonsburg, Kentucky a few years ago, and we were actually doing the battlefield out there. And we got over close to the tree line and we heard some noises in the trees and actually had a rather large branch thrown in our general direction. So um, at the time, I thought it could have just been somebody messing around. But I've got a friend, uh, Jody Cook, who is a cryptozoologist that specializes in Bigfoot in the Ohio Valleys. And he said that's very territorial uh, behavior for the Bigfoots in that area. So it was a good thing that we did turn around and walk away when we did. You know, wow. I did it. I did it not knowing if somebody was over there shooting up and had a had a gun on him or something. I didn't want to you know, mess with the you know, the whole deal. But now going into to, uh, with fear. Now, do you guys primarily work with the more historic locations, or do you do a lot of residential cases as well? We do we do a lot of residential cases. Um, <clears throat> we've kind of we've kind of had a slowdown, I guess, lately on residential cases. In the last residential case, we got really upset because I think they were more into let's have them entertain us for a Saturday night. Oh, yeah, and we yeah. find that we've quite a that bit. <laughs> and it, oh, we were not happy. So. Um, but you know, that's, that's kind of what happens, but we do do events and fundraisers and things like that for the public to actually, you know, get involved. Um, I'm actually going to talk to somebody next week about doing one here in Texas. And we've got a, another thing going on down in Galveston. We're trying to set up, but we try to do publics and fundraisers a lot, but we do a lot of residential cases. 
What else are you thinking of doing in Texas coming up? Because, you know, I'm a local, so I might be able to head out to some of those. It'd be kind of neat. Although using the word local in Texas is kind of (laughs) hard. Local 700 miles. Yeah, it is because it's not, it's not, uh, it's definitely not a a short drive anywhere. You're five hours from me and and that's still not even close to the, you know, down there in Corpus is eight. So it's like people go, you're going to drive over here? And I'm like, dude, do you know how big Texas is? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, because I can drive eight hours and go through like six states over here on the East Coast. Yeah, right. I mean, legitimately. I drive eight hours. You can do 12 if you go up north. If if I drive eight hours, I'm still in Texas. Yeah. (laughs) I haven't even gotten out. That's not even a lie. But yeah. It's so stupid. I can't even. I can't even stress to people they don't get it. And I'm yeah. like, how do you go from Pennsylvania to Jersey all the time? They're like, oh, it doesn't take long at all. Like what? Um, but it's like boop 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 or whatever, you know, up there. But um, uh, we were thinking about doing something with Dash Beardsley. Oh yeah. in Galveston. Yeah, we've had Dash on the show before. Yeah, he's really a cool guy. Um, and and we're working with him on a, a, a team building thing for right now. And then after that, we're going to talk to him about doing something in a public event down there. He's kind of uh, taking a little break from Wake the Dead because of the last one he had. So, um, you know, we're not going to have the convention to go to this year, but we're going to get something together with him and just have like a small uh, event for Fear Houston to host. So, because we have Fear Dallas, Fear Austin, Fear Houston, and we just added Fear Oklahoma. So. I saw that. Now, if anyone's actually wondering what she's referring to, she actually uh, is, of course, the founder of Fear Paranormal. If you're interested in more information about Fear Paranormal, you can find them over at fearparanormal.com, both spelled the exact same way. Uh, You can also find, and this is, y'all are also Fear Paranormal Society on Facebook, correct? Yep. That's Uh awesome as well. Um, right. So you can find Fear Paranormal Society on Facebook. The links to both of those sites uh, will actually be in the show notes, in addition to me sending them just now to the chat room. So everybody in the chat room will be able to click on those links and should open in a brand new window. If not, come back. Come back to the show. Don't leave. Come back. No, I'm just kidding. I, uh, <laughs> uh, but no, when you so if you want to keep abreast of what it is that uh, Selena's doing with the upcoming events, if she decides to have something here in, in Texas or maybe even a little bit in Oklahoma, now that you have Fear Oklahoma, that'd be great. Uh, so you right. just go ahead and check in fearparanormal.com for the latest information for uh, Selena and her team. So that's great. Fear Austin, I saw that. That's just north of me here in San Antonio. Right. How did that right. start? How did you get a chapter in Austin? Well, um, I had some people that live in, in the Austin area that were very interested in starting up, uh, you know, a branch. And I was like, you know, they're very trustworthy people. They're very good investigators. I'm real picky about um, who I I add and who I put on my team because I've protected fear very well with our reputation. I want to keep it that way. I want to keep it upstanding, good reputation. So I'm really picky about who I do uh, put on the team. Uh, I have two really great ladies uh, in Austin that headed up, and that's Lydia Baristecki and Rachel Sosa. And they are both amazing ladies. They've been doing talks around Cedar Park at the libraries, trying to get people in, in, interested in that area about the paranormal. Nice. They've done they've done all kinds of stuff. Library talks. Uh, they went to a, a city hall talk one time and and presented stuff about the paranormal. They're just really, really good at what they're doing. So I was like, n- I had no problem, you know, putting them on my team. I'm very proud of that actually. And we have a couple of alternates there as well. We're actually looking for a few members 
uh, for Austin, but I think that Lydia and Rachel have an interview process they're doing. So um, I'm going to leave that to them. That's why I put them in charge. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah that's interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> I was like, man, that's, that's pretty neat. Now, are you, uh, when it comes to paranormal teams, I know you started yours in 2011. I've been doing it since the 90s. Rob's been doing it since the 80s. So this guy is, I was still I don't know, learning how to tie my shoes when he was doing paranormal stuff. but uh, And he was still trying to learn that same skill when we started the show two years ago. So. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I've almost got it. Almost got it, guys. Thanks thanks for Velcro. The yeah, fox thanks to Velcro. goes around. You know what, dude? Seriously, I had Velcro shoes for like forever. True story. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I, I He never showed me. He never told me. And you know what? It's true. It's true. Yeah. I had Velcro up until I was 13. I'm not even lying, dude. <laughs> 13 isn't that horrible i could not tie a damn knot and my dad can tie like 30 and i'm like one knot i'm still trying to figure it out so yeah i had velcro for a very long time anyway uh <laughs> moving on from that where was i going with that robbie totally derailed me i was gonna i, I have gonna go no somewhere, clue <laughs> and i just i just lost it i just lost it you I sound got... like me with my add it's yeah. like when i presentations i have to like seriously have an outline because sometimes i'll just go off topic and i'll be like squirrel so yeah. i have to bring myself and roll myself back in you know yeah we call we call that ados attention deficit Ooh, squirrel yeah so yeah oh, that, there you that go. Yeah, really well. yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> you know doing a, i've actually done a few library presentations myself as well and whenever you're doing those I like to have that that outline with me, that almost like a script. But then, of course, I deviate right. from it like I do from the show because as it is, <laughs> doing two hours every week is, is an interesting situation in and of itself. And, Rob, actually, did you want to take a moment uh, here right now? It would actually be kind of a, a good moment to, to Yeah, we're that. almost to the halfway mark, believe it or not. We've almost got the first hour completely under our belt. So just as a reminder, if you're listening to us live, we're glad to have you as part of the live feed. You're going to be one of two locations. You're either going to be listening in at livingparanormal.com forward slash live. That's the home of our weekly show from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The other live location you can actually hear us at is freedomrocksradio.com. Freedomrocksradio.com is... <laughs> is home of some of the best flat-out music that you can have with live DJs who are there to actually take your requests. As I've said many times, if you're sick and tired of hearing the same playlist shoved down your throat by somebody in New York that has no clue what kind of music you like, check out the live DJs at freedomrocksradio.com. You've not heard your favorite song. It's your own fault. Jason, where else can they hear us? And if you want to hear archive copies of our show, all you have to do is go to www.livingparanormal.com, click on past shows, and you'll be treated to the link of all 112 episodes. Uh, if you are interested in searching for someone in particular, let's say you want to hear the show we had with Jeff Leeper or Bill Bean or one of the shows with Reverend Robin, all you have to do is type in the search box and it will bring up all of the shows that they've been on including the books they may have mentioned on the episode, along with links on where to buy. Reminder, we don't get any money for those links. We just provide them for you so you all have access to them. Uh, the other place you can find us uh, is going to be at blogtalkradio.com slash livingparanormal. Uh, we do upload our weekly show there. And uh, you can also find us on your favorite podcast aggregator. Just do a search for Living Paranormal, and you'll get all our episodes there, all linked and downloadable and all that good stuff with show notes, with links to all the websites and, and greatness. And, of course, if you want to find the latest news on us, you can either go to our website at livingparanormal.com or our Facebook page. So, yeah, uh, oh, it's livingparanormal.com. No, I'm sorry. Wow, totally messed that up. Facebook.com <laughs> Facebook slash livingparanormal.com. 
show. Don't forget show. To put the word show to the end of that. And I don't know why I always do that with my hand. I, I, I do like Rob just did on the camera. I we show. both do it. We it's both. Weird. It's terrible. Know, We're it's awful. Weird. I know. I'm just, I talk with my hands. I can't explain it. But yeah, can you believe uh, we actually also have a live chat room available? If you are listening to this on the archive and or podcast and you're saying, I would love to be a part of this live show, all you have to do is sign in from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Sundays when we do have our shows and be a part of it. And I actually want to do a few shout outs real quick, uh, real quick to April Sky, Alita Binsley, uh, to Kim, to Gemma, and Geraldine. A quick shout out to them. And of course, with the return of uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah, it's been an interesting turnout. So I do appreciate yeah. everybody that does come to the chat room for the live show because uh, that's okay. a tough competition. One, one other thing, yeah, one other thing I kind of want to hit on, um, and, and you mentioned Game of Thrones coming back. It's about the same thing when you get The Walking Dead back on the series. The chat room slows down a little bit, but we're glad to our listeners that take their time during the rest of the week to download the shows and listen. But Jason, I don't know if you're aware, and I want to just kind of blop this in here real quick. We actually had another piece of fan mail, believe it or not, sent to us uh, through a message on our Facebook page. So yes, we do check those. And I'm not going to use the lady's name because once again, she didn't give permission. Um, However, she said, I found your show and I think it's great. At first, it was hard to get past the personal talk because I don't, I didn't know you. The content was so great that I stayed with you, and soon the personal content was something I thought was a good thing. I felt like I knew you all better. Anyway, I can't figure out how to review the show. I have an iPhone, and it uh, would not, it, and I would like to leave a great review, but I can't figure out how to do it. Anyway, I'll leave the rest of it in there for you to read, Jason, because it gets nice. a little bit uh, technical on it. I thought you might like to give some feedback on it. Awesome. But she said, it was a pleasure listening to you. Very great content, great topics, and amazing jobs as host. Thanks for the great listen. So, uh, mystery lady who sent us that, thank you very much. We yeah, do appreciate so it. And we honestly honestly do review any message that we get sent by our listeners as well as our guests. So just so you know, we're still on top of things. It may take us a little time to get back to you because, you know, occasionally we get busy, real life, six kids on my side. Jason is a big kid himself. It's kind of hard to get him like actually on topic, but <clears throat> yeah, we do the best we can. I so I have one kid. I have one son. That's all. I got my son, Alessandro and then that's it. No other kids after that. But yeah, anyway, moving on. Just the one. <laughs> as you were talking about staying on topic. Yeah. Okay. Now let let me uh, let's start out with this a little bit. Now we know that you've talked a little bit about how you like to communicate with the spirits. You actually will you know approach them and discuss with them. And this is something we've actually had topic with before, and we kind of discussed about. And it was a question also asked in a chat room earlier. Where is your stance on types of communication? For example, using the Ouija board. And I know that's been kind of a hot topic in the para community for a lot of years. Um. <clears throat> The Ouija board was very afraid of it. Uh, when I first started uh, uh, doing paranormal, I was really fr- afraid of it. And it was because of all the movies and the bad things that I you know, heard about it. However, when I, you get educated about something that you're afraid of, educate yourself. Learn about the, the good, good and the bad. Um, and I went to Robert Murch and asked him, you know, tell me about this Ouija board thing. Is it going to be a bad thing if we use it? Is it always got something, uh, that's going to come and, and grab onto you and not let go and you can't get it out of there. I mean, it's all about how you use things. Also, what I was told is these EVP digital recorders that we're doing, um, any piece of equipment that we're actually trying to communicate and open up that that channel of communication with the spirits, it's the same thing. It's proper use. Um, I've 
actually been in uh, a session with a what they called an angel board. They didn't call it a Ouija board. It was a, it was a spirit board, um, and it was used properly and closed properly and no issues. I think it's all about the use. If you do it properly in your intentions, as in anything that you do, your intentions are very important, very, very important. Um, but with it, you can also, on the flip side of that, if you don't know what you're doing and you use it, you can definitely get something that you don't want coming through it. Yes. So I think if you use it properly and safely, that's one thing. But if you're just jacking around with it, I don't think they should be selling them as toys. No. Um, cause it's not a toy. Right. Uh, but I believe if you know how to use it, it's you can do it safely. That's true. How did you get a hold of Robert Merch, by the way? That's just, you're like, I'm just going to call the main guy that I need to know about the Ouija boards. Did you already have a relationship with him previously? Um, well, um, yeah, he's been on my show a couple of times. I've met him at Phantom Fest. Mm-hmm. I've talked to him, you know, a couple of times. But I met him actually through Chip Coffee. Nice. Um, uh, Chip and I are, are – it's my home slice, so – um, but yeah, so Chip kind of told me who Robert was and that if I needed anything about the, the Ouija board, that that was the person to go to, right, you know, with yeah. my concerns or questions, because he is the man when mm-hmm. it comes to the Ouija board. So yeah, definitely. why not go right to the source, right? Right to the person who knows what they're talking about, instead of asking all these other people who give you different, you know, their version of it, their, their thoughts. I wanted the actual factual you know, reasoning behind it. That's what I want. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's a, he's a great source of information. And, and uh, Rob and I had a harrowing, I should say, first, but interesting first experience with him. When we actually met him, we were supposed to debate against him about the Ouija board on, oh. a, sh- on a show uh, together. So Rob and I against him, so two against one, which was almost an even fight. <laughs> but yeah. Well, I mean, our main point coming into this is something that you you very eloquently touched on, and that's the Ouija board can be dangerous if it is used improperly. And I always likened it to putting a loaded gun into a three year old's hands, because you really are just opening your door and saying whoever's there come in. You know, if you don't know what you're doing, um, and you know that was kind of our whole point was taking a very safe issue on it, which you know. Ironically enough, um, he agreed with, and he believed that it is something that needs to be taught and trained to learn how to do. It's just I don't think I think that we ha- we see a little more of a danger in it than 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 even may be there as far as that goes. But you know, safety is always the key issue behind what we t- what we preach here at the show. We want people to have the uh, safest experiences possible. Now, another good and uh, kind of the second part of the question that was asked: yeah. um, What is your stance on doing something like a séance? Um, I think it's kind of the same thing. Um, it just depends really on how it's done. And if you do it, if, if the person that's leading the seance is seasoned and experienced and knows what they're doing, I wouldn't feel, you know, scared about it. However, I have seen video of a seance or a circle, an energy circle that was being done. And, uh, someone was channeling through someone else and it was very scary. Um, so I don't know that I would want to sit in on one, um, unless the person that is leading it knows what the hell they're doing. Um, and that have done it and I have, have been, I need a track record. I need to know that there's been no, 
you know, nastiness coming out of it. Nobody got, you know, you know, anything on them. They can't get off with soap and water. That's yes. what I need to know. And I'm just really kind of hesitant about getting in on those things. But I, I, as long as the person knows what they're doing, I would be, I would feel safer. Let's put it that way. Absolutely. So. I think we can all agree with that. Now, yeah. you know, uh, now we know that you've been doing investigations for several years now. Let's talk a little bit more about the equipment aspect of it because we're kind of, Jason and I, I guess you could call us, we're technophiles. We love the technology. We like seeing all the bright, blinky lights and the toys. Um, you know, and I'm going to ask your question, Jason. I'm, I'm stealing this one because I always like this question. Sorry. If you had to take just one piece of a equipment with you to do an investigation only one was allowed what would your personal pick be for that piece of equipment oh it would have to be my digital, digital recorder um digital recorder because it's it's infallible you know what i mean if you get something on that that's that's the deal the k2 i don't that's you know as <laughs> i know it's sad but sometimes we use that as to prop the door open because you can get <laughs> you know, lightning strikes from that, you know what I mean? Right. And so it's, you right. can't tell that that's the deal. Now, if I had another piece of equipment, because I, I'm going to go ahead and just, you know, shamelessly plug this, but I'm a sales rep for Paranologies. And so if I had just one more piece of equipment I could take besides my digital recorder, it would be a Periscope. And um, it's because of the pretty lights. It looks beautiful on camera, but it can also be used as a communication tool. And it's set off by static electricity and you have to break that field uh very closely to be able to set it off so that would be my visual that i would have to have is a, a, a periscope yeah and we're actually looking to add a periscope to our inventory hopefully very soon as we're getting ready to beef back up and uh you replace some equipment that has been damaged over the years you know how that goes of course so and um actually we've had a lot of discussion about uh the periscope and paranologies was actually on uh, what was the gentleman's name jason it just slipped Jeremy. my head yeah, Jeremy, Jeremy, thank you. Jones, yeah. yeah, yeah, great guest. We had a good time talking about it. So yeah. I myself yeah, actually have a periscope, a periscope, excuse me, and a binoptic camera as well. Yeah, paranology. Yeah, well, you know, if uh, if anybody's listening out there and they want to order anything on paranologies.com, they could always put Selena in the coupon code and receive a 10% discount. Just what? a little. Where were you? Where were you? Right in notes. <laughs> Now, now hold on, give me a pen. Right. Yeah, it's great equipment. Everything that I've seen on it, all the feedback that I've heard has just been nothing but people raving about how well it works. So that's always always a good thing. But you mentioned the digital recorder was your favorite tool, and, and that's the case with a lot of investigators, and we've we've come to realize this. Is there a particular brand that you prefer over another that seems to be either more effective or just sim the simplicity of using it makes it more attractive to you? I think my Olympus. Uh, my Olympus is really bad to the bone. It it has a little uh, USB thing right there in it. You can just stay, take it and stick it in the computer and upload your stuff. And uh, the review process is easy. You can slow it down, make it go faster, do all that stuff with just a click. And it's great. I love my Olympus. Um, I want to zoom really bad. Um, however, I don't have an extra, you know, 300 bucks just laying around to get me one of those bad boys just yet. Yeah. But I think when we do mm -hmm. spirit quests, I'll have what they call an equipment budget. And I know that several of those are on that, <laughs> that list. <laughs> to buy, so 
I'm like, I will get my Zoom, damn it. So yeah. she's just checking it off too. It's like yeah. most people most people have dreams, Tahiti, uh, Hawaii, a Zoom. Let's do that one. <laughs> you know? so, that's when you know you're a ghost hunter when instead of looking for vacation spots, you're talking about dream equipment. I mean that it in a nutshell. Yeah. In a well, nutshell. that and and that you you know you're a go you know an investigator when you look at your calendar and you make everything around conventions or investigations <laughs> that you have to go and do. That's Absolutely. when you know you've got it bad. That's true. <laughs> Absolutely, you've That's been bit true. by the bug. Yeah, yep. bad. Yes. Yeah. You're like, so, I don't know if we can go, if I can go out on a date that night because I was thinking about sitting in a room all by myself for eight hours. I'm not sure. So, yeah, yeah, I just kind of want to, I want to set in the dark and in some very, very bad, unsterile conditions. And yes. let's just and see what happens. And all kinds of asbestos and crap. And that oh, way, yeah. I, you got to get the mold and everything in your lungs. Report. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. You know, when you explain it like that, we really do sound crazy. You yeah. know, <laughs> we are. We're certified. You know what I mean? Yeah, we are. Certified. We have to be. <laughs> no, I need now, I, I know you. I know you had mentioned you need a hug. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, I know you had mentioned though that that the the epiphany moment for you was the experience that you had with uh, your friend that was crossing over. But in your investigations, and of course, without breaking any contractual obligation, because we don't want anybody in trouble, what what would be the, the one of your favorite moments that you could tell us about that actually happened on a live investigation at a, a, a private residence? Because private residences, they can be um, either feast or famine, and they are a totally different ball of wax than going to a historical location where you have tons of data and information and know what you're dealing with. And you're really walking into unknowns. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, do you have one that just sticks out like that was the moment that was the, you know, the one that kind of slapped me for lack of a better term? Well, I think, you know, before I even was uh, told that I'm an empath or, you know, made aware that I have abilities, I wasn't really understanding why I would go to a location um, and be perfectly pumped up, ready to go, fine, no headaches, no nothing. And when I get there, something changed, you know, and I was like uh, sick to my stomach. There was one one location I can completely remember, and and I after we did the investigation was over, we figured out what had happened. Um, when I went into the house, there I felt it was really heavy, and it almost felt like um, anger, instant anger. And then the next thing I know, I'm sick as a dog, sweating, couldn't hold my head up. Uh, felt like I had been hit in the back of the head for some reason because my headache just started just pounding. Um, I had to be actually removed from the location and taken across the street and kind of kind of squared up again because I was feeling whatever happened in that location at the time. Now, we didn't know that, uh, you know, what actually had happened until we did research afterwards. And a man had actually murdered his wife in the in the location and hit her on the head with a blunt object. And I was feeling all of that. That's the one that really stands wow. out to me because I felt the whole thing. I mean, it was like I, I was sitting on the bed and I was like, all of a sudden I started getting really nauseous. And then I my head started hurting really bad. And then I laid down on the bed and I couldn't pull my head back up. I was like, okay, I don't know what's going on, but I feel like, complete crap right now 
And that's when they said, let's get outside and get you some fresh air because you don't look good. And um, then find out that that's, that's what had happened in that, in that location. And we, they, it, the people that were living there was just having things like cabinets opening and noises and hearing footsteps and, uh, you know, covers being messed with when they were trying to sleep and things like that. So we, like you said, we don't know what the heck we're going up against when we go to a private because they have no clue. You know, they had no idea why these things were happening in the home. Um, Luckily, we were able to find out. Luckily, we did more research, further research, because when you do things to homes, it's kind of the old records sometimes get lost. (laughs) And I've been finding that out. I'm like, okay, what happened prior to the remodel in this year? This is what we need. And sometimes they're gone, just like with our house. This is our house was built in the 50s, but because they did remodeling in 1999, that's what it shows on the records. And that's that's incorrect. So it's really sometimes hard to research, but we did find uh, things to tie it. And we did go back and, and have someone clear the house and cleanse it. And they've been fine ever since. So. And that's, you know, we we find that a lot more here on the East Coast, too, because of uh, with the outbreak of the Civil War, especially in the areas of like West Virginia and Virginia, most of the public records at that point were actually burned with the sacking of Richmond. So you do run into a lot of obstacles. We have a residential case coming up. We can't find jack on this house i mean like literally it, yeah. it, it really is we we can we found um just the property uh deed of the current owner nothing before that and this is an older home so i'm assuming that it may have been one of the ones that was actually burned when richmond was uh, the capital of richmond was burned but um as an empath because that's something that i just really i can't even comprehend what that's like i, I mean I, I literally when it comes to things like being uh, psychic being sensitive empathic anything of that nature i'm a brick it i mean i none of that happened <laughs> one time it happened robin loves me of it that i actually channel something but my question is how do you prepare yourself when you're going into especially these unknown situations? Because I know even for us going into a situation that could be potentially hostile, you might be going into a hot spot. You could be going up against, you know, the D word, which is very, very rare. But I mean, you know, the, there's always the possibility. What type of safeguards do you have to take to not only protect yourself, but to at least defend yourself enough to continue doing the job? <laughs> Well, you know, um, you can only have so many st- protection stones because you start looking like you're sm- smuggling a squirrel in your pockets. <laughs> it's just, it just doesn't freaking look right. You know, you can only have so many protection stones, but we do uh, protection prayers. I meditate before every time I go to a, a location because I can walk into Walmart and be just I'm wore out by like 15 minutes in Walmart because I'm picking up on all everybody's mess, right? Yeah. That's the problem that I had um, because I was only, you know, kind of told how to shield myself two, three years ago now. I've been soaking up everybody's crap for 44-something years. It's hard to shield, you know, when you've done that for so long. Um, You know, and I tried the mirror thing. They kept telling me to put reverse mirrors and line them up and all this BS yo, I got ADD, okay? I get to about (laughs) mirror four or five and I'm squirrel, you know what I mean? I'm done and that ain't protecting me. So I had to do something really, really fast. And and what a lot of people were telling me to do was um, the bubble, the bubble thing um, where you 
you know, imagine this beautiful purple bubble or whatever your favorite color is and you put it around you and protect yourself. Okay, that's great. But sometimes that bubble can get still penetrated if there's, you know, a strong enough spirit. I'm not going to lie. It's happened. Um, but I do protection prayers. And if it's really something that we're scared or nervous about or something that's had some really bad reports, we'll smudge ourselves beforehand. But we do protection prayers before and after. We smudge. We do, like I said, I've got a bag full of stones now because the pockets ain't going to cut it anymore. Um, so I have, you know, I have the obsidian and tourmaline and all this stuff on me and crystals. And I mean, I try everything I know to do, but the main thing I do is keep that connection with my higher power or God or whatever, you know, whoever y'all want to call your higher power. Um, I just keep that connect, you know, they're with me and I'm protected and I try to keep my spirit guides and my guardian angels as close to me as possible during the whole process. So yeah. It's kind of tough, but yeah, <laughs> it's not always foolproof. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. You mentioned going into Walmart. I had two of the investigators on my team, and they're really good friends of ours. We're over here today. And he actually read a Facebook post to me that just hit me absolutely funny. He said, how come with these paranormal shows, they're always in an abandoned hospital or an abandoned asylum? Wouldn't you like to see one show based around Walmart and you hear the page go across, go, <laughs> there's a spill in aisle 13. There is no aisle 13. You know, and then just going to go from there, you know, like a cheesy horror book. So, yeah. But, you know, I, I have worked with empaths before, and I've seen, you know, what you guys actually do go through, you know, when these, these stronger spirits come through. I, I mean, I can't even imagine trying to, to you know, not only are you having to concentrate on the duties at hand, but you're actually having to be ready. You're almost like a professional fighter. You have to bob and weave while you're throwing punches. I mean, it's it's not a – yeah, exactly. Right. So, you know, kudos to you for being able to hang in there, by the way, because that is that, – that's very, very tough to, to have to do, you know, on a regular basis. I can't even imagine going to Walmart and being flooded with that many idiots at one time. Oh, you know? my God. I'm serious. It's like when, when, when my girl will go, can you go to the store? I'm like, God, seriously, please don't make me go in there. So I'm I'm a typical I'm like a, a guy shopper. I go in and get the items I'm getting and get the hell up out of there. Yeah, exactly. I don't even go into like like anywhere to get clothes. I get my size and I take them home. If they don't fit, I'll take them back. Yeah. But or I'll have her take them back actually because then she can deal with that. But, but I just I try to get in and out of places like that because I do pick up on stuff. And God forbid me to take a plane ride because I swear to you, every time I do, it's like I have a freaking neon sign that says, free counseling, tell me all your crap. You know what I mean? <laughs> Please tell me all your crap because I don't have anything else I want to do than listen yeah. to that. You know, I'm and it never fails, never fails. I'm like, don't say a word, don't say a word to them, don't say a word. Have your headphones on and keep going and it never fails. Uh, I get told something every time. That's like that and it's funny, I'm not even empathic and I have that happen to me. I can't go to Kroger without somebody in the line telling me their life history and all of the bad things that happened to them throughout their life. And I guess it's just, I don't know, it's, uh, sometimes there's comfort in strangers. Maybe, that, maybe that's it or maybe somebody got word out that I was a sap and I'd listen. I don't know. It's entirely <laughs> possible. Right? But, you know, from, from the way you describe the, your empathic side, it seems like – I'm kind of trying to figure out when you're doing an investigation, does this give you more of an advantage or do you find it to be a little more of a hindrance when you're actually kind of in the, in the middle of what's going on? 
it that is a double-edged sword it could be either or just like being an empath or or psychic can be a blessing it can be a curse um you know sometimes i would like to just go in there and not be able to feel the spirit you know doing whatever i would like to not be able to feel their emotions um because i'm happy and ready and fired up when i get in there and some of them are really cranky and they're sad and they're pissed off and I don't really want to feel all that. I would love to be able to not feel that sometimes. And it does cause me, sometimes it helps, but more times I find it like it could almost um, not hinder, but kind of limit, you know, what it could be because I'm so focused on what I'm feeling. And even maybe even distract from what you're trying to do. Exactly. It's, it's like yeah. with me, I don't really have like a, 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 like an ADHD type of mentality, but I actually, I, I tell people that I'm very much based off of visuals and I've noticed, you've probably noticed sitting here several times you've seen my head move to the side kind of quickly. It's because there's a motion over there and without even thinking my head automatically responds to motion. And so even in ghost hunting situation, paranormal investigation situations, I, I find myself doing that. If I see even a shadow, that's a car outside. And even I know it's a car, I'm automatically distracted from the equipment. Yeah. I can't even imagine feeling that on an emotional level. He's I mean, like it's a- tough enough. He's like a T-Rex, basically. He's attracted to motion, and when the kids try to get away from him, when he's disciplining them, they just stop moving. And then he yeah. just doesn't, yeah. Hey, exactly. where'd you go? Where'd you go? Exactly. He's like, come back. My, ar- my arms are longer, and I can do a push-up, so we'll, we'll okay, yeah. good, okay. I'm going to call BS on the push-up. My photos are didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jason. Love you too, buddy. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> oh, you know, but, S- Selena, what, co- with yeah. all of these things that are hitting you, if you allow me to jump in for a moment, and Rob's on fire all of a sudden. But I'm sorry, man. This no, is so cool. interesting this to me. This is totally up your lane. I love it. No, it's awesome. I, and I almost don't want to interrupt, but, you know. Rob's me, in the me. zone. He's just going to drop the mic and walk off camera. Uh, no kidding. <laughs> you know? I'm all like, me, 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 me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but either way, uh, Selena, what I was going to ask you is, you ever been to the point to where you just like, you know, I don't know if I can do this anymore. With all of this interference you're getting with the the voices, the spirits, the people's natural affinity to tell you things, do you ever just want to say, you know what, <laughs> enough, enough, I'm done, or take a break or anything like that? You know, sometimes I, I get overwhelmed, but my passion is so great that I never, never want to walk away. I don't think I could. Um you know, I would like sometimes not to feel certain things, but God, what would you have to do to be able to be that numb for me? Because I feel stuff so greatly, like it's kind of crazy. I mean, I can be sitting here in my living room and watch something on TV and and just start tears start rolling and they're not sad tears, you know, they're happy tears. And, and she'll look at me and go, Oh, you're so sweet. And I'm like, this sucks. You don't get it. I don't know okay. because this little kid is so damn cute. You know, that's <laughs> I just I just had a picture of you being the one that cries at the old long distance commercials when they talk to their mom. I mean, no offense about that, but I mean that because I know people like that. I can kind of identify with it. So yeah, yeah that's it the, she oh called God. her mom. Um, you know. <laughs> he's so cute. Look at him. And then she's like over there going, really? And I'm like, you know, this isn't fun for me all the time. You know, I don't cry pretty. I'm not Demi more when I cry. I'm talking, it gets freaking ugly. You know what I mean? It's not something I want to do. And then I can't breathe for an hour and a half. You know, it's ugly. You so good hyperventilation cry going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The snubbing. Oh, yeah. That's great. <laughs> that's so 
remember that. Yeah. That took me back to a good beating I got when I was a kid, actually. I <laughs> All I remember are bad carpets and worse furniture and just a feeling of pain oh. as I'm going. <sighs> <laughs> and you know the line that always got me? You better shut up, boy. I'm going to give you something, something to, cry to cry about. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah. I was like, I already got something to cry about. Oh, no. What you crying about? <laughs> That is great. But I ain't even started yet. I'd be like, Jesus Christ, man. Wow, we have just been all over the field tonight. I don't know what's up with us. Uh, know, it's fun. But it's anyway, nice to take the it's fun. It, it, well, it, it is. It's nice because we actually learn a little bit more about the personalities behind yeah, the people totally. that we have on. And that's something that we love to do is because we get to know more than your story. We actually get a little piece of what makes Selena Selena. So that's part of the reason that we have this yeah. uh, unusual form. And at least that's my story and I'm sticking to it. So, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, being an, I mean, being an empath and, and investigating and doing it on a, I guess a semi-regular basis, do you find yourself having to take breaks at least from it? I mean, having to take two to three weeks away and just say, look, enough, I've got to seal myself in the room let's binge watch uh, something on tv and just shut down for a little while i mean is yeah. that is that the situation you get into often well definitely um i spend a lot of time alone thank god i'm a i'm a stay-at-home mom um because once he goes to school then i have time to decompress and do my thing and staying away for two and three weeks is really good for me because it does give me the time to recharge um because it is draining. I mean, I just got back last night and I've slept all day because when there's so much activity with spirits and everybody's emotions going on in the room and stuff, I get completely wiped out. Yeah. Um, and I have to definitely recharge. So I like the month of June, I think I'll probably be going to Portland um, to investigate uh, this really cool place out in the middle of freaking nowhere. Um, but it's Oregon, so it's going to be gorgeous. But, you know, I just have to take these breaks. Just It's just good for me because it's, it's, it's too much if you do it every single weekend and you deal with it every single weekend. You get burned out really yeah. bad. Yeah. So I do. I take a break, and then it's all new again. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm excited again. And But, um Debbie, yeah, it does wear me out. Have you ritualized any part of that like recovery process? Because a lot of us investigators call it a hangover kind of effect. Because you do get an investigation hangover. So, what, what do you do? You have any ritualistic uh, uh, things you do? I'm not necessarily saying um, prayer. I mean, you know, it's almost akin to having a real hangover. Where people are like, "Well, I swear by a Gatorade and two Tylenol." You know what? Do you really do anything? <laughs> like that? I'm, I'm, I mean, basic stuff. Even that uh, after the day of a hangover. Not really. Um, I just really get caught up on my sleep, and when I do wake up, I go and I meditate and just be alone in silence. Like I, I, I have a place out here in the garage. It's, it's my place for my serenity. My son plays drums now, so that's where I run wow. to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so I go out. And he's great, but, you know, he's learning. And right. I'm like, wow, it's really loud. So I go out, and it's called the Bud Palace. And I just go out there, and I'll light, uh, you know, sage or whatever or incense, and I'll just sit there in silence and just, just kind of ground myself. Nice. Um, I've even taken my shoes off and went outside and done that grounding um, and just kind of just really concentrated on me and my breathing and kind of a detoxification and it kind of brings me back to center. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah kind of totally. letting all that stuff go into the mother way down through your feet and into the ground and give it back to mother nature. Yep. And that's kind of what I do um, when I'm trying to clear myself or get back to center. Right. And if you're noticing a little bit of a disruption in our live show, guys, I do want to make you aware that we are having some issues with the storm here locally. So I do apologize if there is any interruptions on your end. Yeah, we actually had the same kind of storms, I think, viciously come through here a few weeks ago. And we even had some bad weather this week. So I I don't doubt yeah, it. You may be dealing looks, with some of the Texas rivers. Yeah, I, that, that may be because we usually do get the backlash of any storms that come through that low and come up through the Gulf area especially. So I do apologize for anybody listening live. You should have the full, uh, complete, ungarbled content when we upload the show, hopefully Monday or Tuesday, oh, uh, which is now when I we don't want to get it done. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for making more work. I'm, I'm just kidding. You know, man, you know, you know you, you've got. <laughs> The, you've got the feed on that side as well, so you shouldn't have the same issues, hopefully. But uh, right, no, that's but, all right. But with Either that being way. said, you know, but it is it's good sometimes because I know even not being a sensitive, not being empathic, that you know, after you've had two or three investigations and you've spent all that time reviewing evidence and you've spent all that time just staring at a screen or listening to silence and people asking the same questions over and over again. I mean, it does become almost a drudgery at that point. You know, um, that's when it's good to step back and take that break. Don't be afraid to take some time off, guys. That, I guess that would be the key message to this because everybody needs a vacation sometimes. Well, it's that life so. balance, you know, that ever, yeah. oh, absolutely. ever vigilant life balance that we have to keep, whether it's our hobbies or work or just our loved ones. You really have to balance that out properly. Otherwise... Yeah, it all falls apart. But uh, we actually do have Selena back. We had a brief moment there, Selena, where we lost you for a second because of the connection issues that Rob uh, may be having in his area. Or who knows, it may even be mine. I'm not sure. But uh, either way, glad to have you back. But uh, the one Now, thing- Jason, and if I'm not mistaken, right. and, and this might be a good time to kind of switch gears just a little bit. Um, if I'm not mistaken, don't we have a clip available tonight? Yes, yes, we do. And I was going to see if I could segue into that a bit. But, um, uh, beat you to it. Yeah, yeah. No problem. No problem, Rob. Point for Rob. If anyone's drinking, uh, playing the drinking game, Rob got a point. Feel free to drink the entire bottle because that never happens. Either way. Oh, God. <laughs> please. I'm kidding. You're awesome, Rob. Anyway, um, Oh, and we got that recorded. <laughs> Editing that out, too. I have I've got a edit. copy. Don't worry. Remember, I've got the copy over here, man. I'll be putting that all over Facebook. Believe me. Selena. That'll, that'll be your ringtone when you call. <laughs> I mean, you're awesome. <laughs> but anyway, our, our guest tonight, uh, Selena, was very ni- nice enough to actually provide us with one of the EVPs uh, that she has captured over her years of doing this um now would you care while, while jason's getting ready to find the right button because i he probably didn't put the sticker on it like he normally does um give us a little bit of a backstory about uh where you were and what was happening up to this point um we were actually it was recent um it was march 20th we were at the driscoll hotel in downtown austin um it's very notorious for being haunted. We rented the bridal suite um, where two brides actually uh, have been reported to have died. Um, one had jumped out the window, which they had fixed the hat so no one else could jump out because there was just a, a roof on there now. And a lady, uh, one of the brides had slit her wrist in the um, there was also a little girl that was a congressman or a senator's daughter that stayed in the hotel and she died in the hotel 
falling down these stairs trying to chase a ball. And this, I believe this is the uh, clip. Which clip is this? The what? Is this Samantha? Correct. Okay. Um, It's where I was trying to ask uh, for communication with her and her response. So um, her name is Samantha. All right. I'm going to go ahead and play this clip. Let's uh, cross our fingers. It should work just fine. But (laughs) here we go. Samantha. Did you hear it? Yeah, right at the very end. I'm yeah, go, it's, what? it's yeah. a very high pitched voice. It's kind of quick. I'm gonna yes. play it one more time for everybody. So, yeah, let me play okay. it one more time for everybody listening at home. One sec. Samantha. It's like what? Real fast. What? Yeah, yeah. that's neat. I can't do the female. Was, so it's was, almost she like she was annoyed that you were you were talking to her. So like, what? <laughs> little kid yeah it's like a leave me alone why you know when i'm mad and somebody asks me something that's the kind of what (laughs) you know so yeah but she communicated with us all night long we have her on uh recording several times throughout the night one time she goes it's my puppy and then another recording you can hear a a dog go whoop whoop and it's really cool i'm like this is so wild and it was just in like one night and we just yeah, it was really a cool place. So. Where in the Driscoll Hotel did you get the EVP we just heard? We enjoyed in the in the bridal suite. It was um, in the bridal suite itself. Yes, yes, that was in the bridal suite. Any type we of were personal doing- experience or feelings you got while you were in the bridal suite? Um, not any in the bridal suite. When we were walking around the mezzanine area, we were trying to communicate with Samantha or anyone else really, and we got the lights to flicker on the floor three times um, that were on the wall. It was really crazy. Uh, Alyssa said, hey, can you make these lights go off again? Because we saw them flicker when she was talking uh, to the little girl. And then, sure enough, she walked by and they flickered again. And I was like, oh, my God, did you catch that on camera? So, (laughs) uh, yeah, so we got that on camera, but I don't have that footage. So. You know, speaking of that moment where you asked if you got it on camera, have you ever had one of those moments? I know I have. Rob has, where an amazing thing happened, and you ran up to your camera to see if it was either recording or has tape or film mm-hmm. or memory, and there was nothing there. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. We saw a shadow figure uh, at Yoakum Hospital, and my uh, SD card uh, ran out of room. Yeah, oh. and. Okay. We thought it was recording, yeah. and we had it sitting up on the nurse's station, and the blue light was on, and the IR light was on it, and everything was great. We thought, and we go, we saw it, and we we're like, "Oh my god, I got my camera over there!" And I go over there, and it says SD card full. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's the yeah. moment when you want to cry. I, yeah, my my story is kind of similar. We were investigating in a residence. And I'm sitting on the couch, and I've got another investigator beside me, and a third one is standing. And all of a sudden, a book that's sitting on the end table beside me just flops right over into my lap. I mean, it was a literal physical flop, and it was a decent-sized book. It wasn't just like a little pamphlet. I mean, it was a hardback book. So we go back and review the footage, and at the time that happened, we've got this beautiful picture of the guy's hind end right in front of the camera. <laughs> the guy that was down there with us was standing 
right. But hey, you know, the great shot of his butt, but we missed Not great evidence. I mean, <laughs> Rob's like, uh, almost worth it. Almost worth it. That's almost a worth it. Center frame it was, but not quite. It, it was a perfect shot of his ass. I'm telling you. I mean, it, 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 but I was like, you know, this is just our luck. You know, it seems like that happens a lot, though. I went, and I've always wondered this. I wonder if the spirits have a way of knowing this and they kind of do it to tease us back. In other words, that ghost sitting there looking. Hey, he's blocking the camera. Thunk, you know. Yep. I, mean, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes you wonder, you know, if they have that type of an awareness. Because I know that there have been a lot of EVPs that show that the that uh, spirits, you know, are aware because they do respond to us, sure. um, and they even make comments about the people that are there. But I wonder if they're aware enough to know if something like that's going on, like what we're trying to do, because we think we're so clever setting up all these night shot equipment and everything. Yeah. Makes me wonder: Do they have enough intelligence about modern day technology to go, "Hey, that camera's blocked. Let's have some fun." I don't doubt that because it seems like when you're packing up your stuff, you'll hear footsteps and all your equipment's already packing up, you know, and or something will happen when you're packing up to leave. And it's like, seriously, you couldn't have done this crap an hour and a half ago when you had everything up in every corner of the house? Exactly. Yeah, it seems like that happens almost every place we go that we find activity. I think they do. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's almost like they want to... Jesus, or see, I could see me being the type of ghost too, Jason. I'd be the one. I'd actually come down where you are, and as soon as I found out a camera was blocked or something, I would give you a show that would be just unbelievable. And then when the camera became unblocked, nothing, and just try to make you look like an idiot. I mean, you know, to be my thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, you would do that. Actually, I don't doubt that whatsoever. Uh, you know, it's funny because I had the same thing happen to me in Yorktown Hospital. Uh, the same thing happened to me when I was uh, recording a. Uh, we had a camera set up there. On the second floor uh, where the nurses, uh, nurses, there were the uh, nuns would sleep. And uh, it was facing a doorway that was out towards the stairwell on the front part of the property. Are you familiar with Yorktown at all, Selena? Uh-huh. I've never been there, but if, I've okay. never been there, but I've heard okay. it's a creepy. Yeah, it's a really nice place if you get a chance to go. That long, I think it's the same owners as the Black Swan Inn, uh, Victoria's Black Swan Inn. Here in San Antonio as well. Uh, they're the same owners, uh, at least last time I checked. But the uh, sure enough, a door opened up uh, on the very end of the hall. And we knew where everybody was who were accounted for. And I ran over to the door. And I got there as soon as I could. Not the door, but the camera that was facing the door. As soon as I could. And as soon as I checked on it, my... And this will tell you how long ago it was. My high 8 tape recording was just... I was all out of high 8 tape. Like, just out of tape. Just nothing, didn't record a single part of that door opening, no sound, no audio. I got no evidence from it. I'm like, no, why? It just always happens. It's very annoying. But out of the, uh, speaking of locations here in Texas, though, out of all of the locations here that you've investigated here in, in, in the state, what, do you have a favorite? Um, in the state of Texas, I would think that Miss Hattie's uh, in Belton, I've had some really cool things happen there. As a matter of fact, I got one of my class A, uh, class A EVPs from there. Um, it's an old African-American brothel, and it was around during Prohibition and Speakeasy and all that stuff. They had all that stuff going on there. They actually have a, an original crib, what they called a crib, where the girls did their work uh, on the property still. And um, it's a really creepy, cool place. She's doing some... Uh, adding on she actually had another house given to her oh, wow. and she's putting them together so she's bringing two spirit worlds together so we'll see how that works um That's because nice. both houses are haunted so 
but it's in Belton. It's a little, uh, little place, uh, but she's just doing a lot of work to it. I haven't talked to her in a while, but that's one of my favorite places in Texas. So Very I nice. really like it. And then Terra Knights, Terra Knights Haunted House in, in Tyler, Texas. Um, uh, George Jones does uh, tours and stuff, and he'll take you there uh, to do an investigation. We've got some really cool stuff on the Echo Vox and the EVPs and all that stuff from that place. So we love that. I like that place too. Very nice. Thank you. Now we did have a question asked a little while ago and we're getting pretty close to the end of the show. So I wanted to make sure that we got this in while it was fresh in my mind. And Kim loves to ask this question of investigators. Okay. Okay. And I love it when she asks it because we get some great answers, but she always wants to know what was the scariest moment that you ever had during an investigation? Ooh, that's kind of tough. Cause <clears throat> I had a really scary, uh, I guess, experience at the Stanley Hotel. Um, it was during the Lost Limbs Foundation. Um, I guess it was an event. It was uh, me and a couple of people from my team, a couple of my friends, and uh, the, the lady that used to do the tours there named Lisa, and we were down in the tunnels. And... Um, I never have been to where I was going to throw up on my shoes before. And there was, there was heat in between me and Lisa to where I had a heat rash on my face and neck the next day. Wow. Whatever it was in there was not nice. It was making me extremely ill and it, it yanked Lisa up from a squatting position, pulled her arm up and pushed her back. Wow. Um, That's a powerful entity. It was scary as hell. And then somebody said, okay, who ate the Mexican food? So we knew when it started smelling funky that it's probably time to get the hell out of there. So Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's usually a great warning sign. We ended up leaving, and the next day, like I said, I woke up, and it, it was like I had a heat rash on my face, and I felt like I had the hell beat out of me. Um, like I was sore all over, and I hadn't done anything physical, you know. So it was just really – that was one of the freakiest – experiences and Lisa actually had to go get blessed and cleansed immediately and I was in her I was shaking inside like for hours afterwards I could not it was like it was trying to suck all my energy out but it made me so very sick I was just praying please don't throw up on my shoes please don't throw up on my shoes in front of all these people um so yeah that was that was the scariest now have you ever gone have you gone back to that location since or not yet no, and I won't go. I won't go in the tunnel again. I don't think I'll go in the tunnel. But I loved the Stanley. It was active the whole time up in our room. Uh, friendly stuff, you know, like playing with our Raggedy Ann doll and sugar objects and Ugh. setting our periscopes off and stuff like that. There's that so. word again, dolls. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need to know about Rob. He's he's terrified of dolls. He's he's actually doesn't like mannequins it, and dolls. It's, it's a phobia. And I, I'll reiterate the story. I've told it before on the show, but I doubt Selena's got to hear it yet. The worst I ever got scared on an investigation, we were in an old home that was um, – the guy was a, a an a avid World War II historian. He had this huge collection. It had to be worth thousands of dollars. And I go walking into the back room, and right beside me when I walk in – I didn't even see it till I turned my flashlight to my left – was a mannequin. It was a life-size mannequin. But he wasn't just a mannequin. He was wearing a full SS officer's uniform and literally had the whole blonde hair, blue eyed thing going on. 
you know, like the perfect Aryan male. So I did basically what any experienced seasoned ghost hunter would do. I screamed like a little girl and ran over top of two people getting out of there. And I was married to one of the two people at the time. And I actually ran over top of her. I mean, literally just bowled out of there, scared me half to death. Nothing to do with ghosts, just a phobia. So yeah, that's, but <laughs> I, don't like, yeah. I don't like dolls. Do not like them. Don't trust them. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Do you have any fears or anything like that, Selena, that kind of or interfere with your investigative process? Anything that you're um, trepidatious about? For me, it's The hot. only thing, I'm claustrophobic, um, oh, yeah. so I'm really not big on going underneath houses or in attics. Um, in small spaces, I don't do too well. <clears throat> um, but other than that, the only thing I really hate is spiders with a passion. Oh, yeah. Um, I, will fuck, I will put a lighter to their butt, and I will fire them up. <laughs> Until they pop. I cannot stand yeah. them things. And yeah. yeah, that's pretty much the only thing. And, and I know that in attics or underneath houses, that's where a lot of spiders hang out. So yeah, Especially yeah. in Texas. You're going to get a lot of yeah. nasty spiders you don't want to be around. So yeah. No, no, no. So, yeah. it's, it's funny how many investigators do have that one phobia that usually seems to totally. pop up at least once every third or fourth investigation they go on. We actually did one house, and this woman had the most outrageous collection of porcelain dolls I've ever seen. Literally had a room with them all over yeah. the walls. And I've got this phobia. I don't trust these things to start with. I mean, every nightmare you can imagine comes out of dolls to me. And so that happened to be the room that had the most activity. And I'm like, go figure. It's got the dolls. That's where it's going to be. So we're in there. And one of the investigators goes to adjust one of the dolls. And when he touched it, he got scratched. Wow. <laughs> the spirit was very protective of those dolls. It, it was wow. just unbelievable. Yeah. So the, the, oh. the, uh, it was a spirit of a child that became attached to the dolls that was in there. But yeah, when he went to straighten the one out that was crooked on the shelf, it, it scratched and lit him up. Wow. Lit him up. That is wild. That's, so, yeah. Definitely. Now, Selena, let me ask you another question. The, uh, and I got to stop saying that. I keep saying, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. This is a show where I ask questions and I need to stop saying that term, that phrase. It's kind of expected at this point after two and a half, almost two and a half years, Jason, no you're going to ask questions. I'm going to yeah. say, and, yeah, let's do a shocking thing and I'm going to ask you a question this time. All right. Yeah, let's do just it. Just to, to break things up a bit. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, what was I going to ask you now? See, th it happened again. Happened. <laughs> well, while you're while you're trying to remember, do you remember when I when I really threw our one guest off that talked about how most of the questions are the same? The very first question I asked him on the show was, "What was his favorite breakfast food?" Oh yeah, I totally threw him off. He had, he, I mean, it just completely caught him flat-footed. He just stuttered. He didn't know what to do. And I didn't do it to be mean, but I figured I'd give him a question he doesn't usually get. <laughs> you know, so yeah, yeah kind of no what kidding, I did. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think I think we got Selena freezing up again from the way it looks. So we're still having some activity of the normal kind, which is unusual for us. I know, right? It's not it's not abnormal, paranormal, or just uh, plain old technical uh, issues. It's what it is now. Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. know, if Selena, if you can hear me at the moment. Can you hear me, man? Uh, it looks like the connection is trying to reconnect okay. as we speak. We'll allow it to reconnect. But, uh, yeah, but uh, now, Jason, you said that your fear was heights. I actually thought that your bigger fear was um, actually mirrors. mirrors. You said you had an issue with mirrors. Yeah, mirrors is more of a thing. It's it's very circumstantial. So uh, the fear of mirrors will be I do not like them in the place where I am expected to sleep. I can be almost anywhere except if I'm going to be sleeping in that room, I do not like having mirrors in that room. The problem is, is I have one in my room now, so it's a fear that I can actually contain and deal with. The fear that I cannot necessarily <laughs> deal with so well there we are. is heights. Oh, hey, you're welcome back. back, Selena. Thank you so much. Now, uh, what I was going to ask you there is, you go. Yeah. 
as an investigator and especially as the host of a show, uh, because you have hosted your own shows, uh, what is the, right. have you ever come across a topic that you're like, you know what? I am into the paranormal. I, I, I subscribe to a lot of schools of thought in the paranormal, but this one topic, I'm just not, I'm not quite, I'm not quite a believer or I don't really, I'm not really putting too much into that. Are there any topics that you feel are just a little too out there? Uh, just to say, and for myself, I'm a skeptic of dowsing. I'm not really too big into dowsing. It's not, I haven't, I haven't really experimented with it too much. I haven't seen too much compelling evidence for it. So that's one topic, for instance, that I don't really put too much stake into. But do you have any? Um, the one thing that I really don't, I mean, the only thing I've had a big time question about is that there was a man, well, he's still claiming that he's been to both heaven and hell. And that there's a portal in his home that he can go do whatever. And I'm like, yeah, no. Um, <clears throat> I don't believe that one person is going to be able to say, I've been to heaven and hell, and I can tell you what they look like. That was where I was like, okay, you're full of it. Um, <laughs> and I couldn't get past that. And I just still don't believe it. I think it's a crock of crap, but... Um, and I don't think that the person would be able to uh, convince me otherwise at this right. point. But yeah. it just yeah, that's, that's I had a tough one. Show and I was like, "What? You yeah. are so full of crap." So it's it sounded like a made up bunch of hooky to me. So yeah. whatever. And it's funny. That's where I have. It's funny because people will hear that you're a paranormal investigator, so they're automatically assuming you believe in every single thing that has ever been put forth in this field. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm not really, yeah. I'm one of those people. I like to, to ask people that and to illustrate that we don't, as paranormal investigators, believe in absolutely everything. There's a lot of right. things that even, we've even had guests on this show, honestly, that I haven't fully, uh, uh, I don't want to say bought into, but I don't fully subscribe to the same school. Very, skept very skeptical would be the word, because yeah, I know Jason exactly. and I, before we actually recorded our video content, we would usually only have Jason and I on video, and we have you know a call going out to a phone line or something through Skype and Jason and I a few times have stopped and just kind of looked at each other over Skype going you know like as it say did he just say that or did she just say that you know because it, right. and, and it's not that yeah. we're trying to be disrespectful to the we're guests not, but no. sometimes just really catches us off guard with some of the claims that are made and but I found in this field you get a lot of people that do make these outlandish claims and from time to time they actually turn out to be at least a nugget of truth I mean you know not in every case of course but right yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, I like. Absolutely. I just. I'm open to. Yeah, that one was a little bit too hard though. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. That I just is... can read BS pretty good sometimes. That was just telling high head. <laughs> you know. So. Yeah, it set off the BS alert. It hit about a nine point four on the meter. <laughs> yeah, we actually have someone in the chat room speaking of something. It's actually my brother uh, Eddie Lebo who's tuned into a live show rarely so i want to give him the chance to to say what it is that he's actually putting up or typing up onto the screen uh speaking of scratches guys i've had some appear on me in the past month and leslie uh, his girlfriend has seen them uh i also have photos of them what sucks is there are three lines only on the scratches one of them leslie and i saw one on my stomach he uses the word tummy he's a grown man but when he turned the light on <laughs> it was not there so they had one in the stomach, but when they turned the light on, it was, they were no longer visible. They weren't able to see it, not able to see it after that. 
Uh, he did show, he says, I believe I showed the pic to my brother, Jason. Can you comment? I have seen the picture uh, with the scratches, the three scratches. And when I saw three scratches, I was like, well, that's perfect as far as scratches are concerned. But um, it's, it's true, though. I have seen the photos with the three scratches on there. And that's an interesting occurrence uh, to have whenever you have somebody that has the scratches appear on them. We have had, I have been a part of an investigation many years ago where a child was uh, having words appear on their body. And the parent called very concerned because this was happening. And uh, the team that I investigated with, it no longer, no longer around anymore. Uh, but the team that I was investigating it with, we put the child alone in the room and uh, he didn't know that we had a, a night vision yeah. camera recording. Yeah. And what we discovered was uh, he was actually, he had dermatographia which is a skin condition that causes welts to appear with very, very slight pressure. And so what he was doing was writing with his fingernail on his skin. And about 10 minutes later, the skin would get puffy or rise up and form welts in the form of letters or words. So, um, and the reason I bring that up is because you have instances like this, where you have somebody that doesn't have any history of any skin conditions, where you do have three scratches appear or scratches appear on them. And then you have the other, end of the spectrum where you have people that have conditions such as dermatographia and they're faking it themselves. So how do you tell the difference between those two? I mean, we were, we had the advent and the luck of having the video camera, but Selena, do you know what you would do in this situation when you hear people have scratches? I mean, that's so tough without saying liar, you know, <laughs> you yeah. just can't, you can't do that. <laughs> it is tough. We, I mean, I've like, I was on a investigation up at the Galena murder bordello in uh, Galena, Kansas. And, a friend of mine actually was in the attic by himself and got scratched. Um, and I saw the scratch for myself, but then you question, okay, you're in an attic. Are there nails up there? Exactly. You may have scratched your arm on a nail. You have to question every part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of times, like it hasn't happened to my friend, uh, get scratched and it was, it almost looked weird. It, It was like almost in a V and then one single line. And I'm like, that's kind of strange. Um, however, there was, you know, there's all, there's never any like visual to back it up, like as it happened. Right. So it's really hard to question somebody um, or really try, even really 100% believe them without seeing it happen. It's really hard to know. Because I mean, you always have to have somebody there to corroborate something. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's really hard to cooperate. Yeah. 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 Precisely. Well, we've only we've we've actually only got about seven minutes left, if you can believe that. So um yeah, the question that we always run into at this point is what's coming up down the road for Selena? What do you have on tap, uh something to promote? And also, how would people in your area be best to get in contact with you if they do need did need you? Okay. Um, well, <clears throat> what's coming up is uh besides the fear <clears throat> is growing leaps and bounds, uh fear paranormal. I also have recently joined a group of girls named, uh, they're called the Vixens of Horror. And what we do is we do photo shoots of like things that have happened that are really gory and graphic and bloody. And we are doing photo shoots all the time. And our goal is to get into a magazine this year. So that's what we're working towards there. Um, We have uh, a couple of us fear members will be, I'm actually a lead investigator at Waverly Hills May 15th. So in two weeks from now, I'll be maybe going down the death tunnel uh, at Waverly Hills, and that's going to be really cool. There's a couple of tickets still available for that at ASAP Entertainment. 
Um, you can look them up on Facebook and go to their website and get tickets for that. But that's in a couple of weeks. Um, I got uh, really cool stuff going on in uh, June. And then in July, I'll be in Florida, the PIA convention, or actually it's a conference. It's not a convention. It's not for public. It's for people that have had a team for about a year. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to be speaking at that with Paul Bradford and Rob Demarest as well. So that's going to be kind of fun. But uh, yeah, pretty much uh, those events and uh, doing the Vixens of Horror and growing Fear Paranormal. And hopefully I'll get to start uh, filming my Spirit Quest show soon. Excellent. Now, let me ask you this. If but somebody if they was... want to find us, they can look on Fear Paranormal. Yeah, sorry. No, you're... If they want to find us, they can look on Fear Paranormal Society. Send us a message if you need help or fearparanormal.com. Send us an email. Excellent. Good to hear. Well, I can tell you, uh, Selena, we've really enjoyed having you on tonight. We've had some good topics of discussion. Once again, with our show, Jason, we were kind of all over the place. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, that's kind of become almost our calling card at this point. But uh, we, we have really enjoyed having you on here. And, you know, we still have uh, for quite some time been talking about doing a um, – like a, a roundtable discussion where we cover a lot of different topics is, is that something we would be very interested in possibly having you take part in because I think you would bring some great insight into uh, pretty much every aspect. And we actually did one once before um, where we – it was kind of fun. We uh, did one with cryptids. And um, <clears throat> we had people that had nothing to do with the field come on, and we talked about the feasibility of it. But we actually had one that was made up. Each Jason and I each made up one cryptid. And and it was the panel's job to find out which one we made up. And I actually fooled Jason with Sheep Squatch. Sheep Squatch is a real thing, believe it or not. And wow. I actually caught I actually caught him with that one, which I was very, very happy about. So, yeah, but yeah, um, in the – yeah. Sheep Squatch. That was bad. Hey, look at – it was bad. <laughs> yeah. It was bad. Yeah, look it up, Jason. Sheep Squatch was a real I thing, man. I know, I know people say it's a real thing, but that's one thing I'm also – dowsing rods and Sheep Squatch. That's my final uh, Okay. Now, once again, I didn't say it was something that definitely – Existed. I said it was something that was believed to exist. It was not fabricated by me or you. That was the rules. Remember, that doesn't mean that I buy in. It doesn't mean I buy in. Hey, look, I never said that I believed in sheep squash. I'm not going to be out there okay. shearing the wool off of some eight foot tall sheep. It's just not going to happen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was bad. Wow. And, and what's worse is the way my my mind works. My first thought is, why don't sheep shrink when they get wet? Because wool does. That's you know, I mean, wow. I never All right, but it, yeah, <laughs> I never thought of that. I never don't. mind walking a mile in my shoes, man. Try living an hour in my head. That's all, you know. That's funny. That is funny. <laughs> what an <Yeah>. adventure. <laughs> oh yeah, never a dull moment in there. You know, what, what was it? I said that one day, Jason. That actually got you cracked up. I know the voices aren't real, but they have some very good ideas. You know. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but anyway, uh, Selena, we were very glad to have you on. Stick here with us on Skype for a little bit if you don't care. After the show is over, and we'll talk about a few things. But I do want to really tell you, we appreciate you taking time out of a very busy schedule. To spend an evening with us oh, well, um, and bringing some very yeah. great topics up a very great conversationalist but jason it looks like that we are to that point where we pretty much just say on to another so we're going to be back next week at the exact same time but uh we would ask you guys to uh, definitely come back if you're interested in our live shows remember we start at 9 p.m eastern standard time or in this case eastern daylight time um, so come to livingparanormal.com forward slash live, or you can hang out with us at freedomrocksradio.com for the live show. But as we say, for 
uh, Selena Rohn for Jason Olivo. My name is Rob Henry. You guys have a fantastic week, and we will see you next time. Have a great night. Adios.